Hello, and welcome, dear listeners, to another episode of the Ray Review Podcast. I'm Ray, and this is where I explore the dark side of human nature, because, let's face it, humans are gross. I believe that knowledge is power, and I've got your back. So if you have a fascination with true crime and enjoy deep dives from, you know, ladies that like to wear red lipstick and are into spooky stuff, then be sure to hit subscribe uh, to join us on the journey. So let's go ahead and dive into this week's story. The theme for the past few weeks has been haunting Halloween stories. So real true life stories that have influenced Halloween or have happened on Halloween. And today's story is horrifying. This is the story of the Liskey family. Halloween is sometimes a holiday for pranks. Let's be real, it's usually a big holiday for pranks. So it made sense that on Sunday, October 31st in 2010, when 16-year-old Devin Griffin made a horrifying discovery at his home in Oak Harbor, Ohio. It was so gruesome, in fact, that he initially thought he'd been a victim of a joke, but the reality was much more than he could comprehend. But let's go ahead and start at the beginning. The Liskey family came into being when Susan and William Liskey decided to get married in 2001, which united them and their respective children. Susan had two sons from her previous marriage named Devin and Derek, and William had one child named William B.J. Jr. Susan worked as an office manager for Northwest Ohio Carpenters Joint Apprenticeship and Training Committee. She loved gardening, hunting, and camping, and was described as having a big heart and a loving mother, sister, aunt, and friend. William was a retired Air Force veteran, and like his wife, he loved outdoor activities. He was described as an amazing friend, loving husband, and father. Derek, Susan's son, had a black belt and adored spending time on Lake Erie on his sailboat. Now, Susan's son did have a good relationship with William as far as stepfather and stepsons go. However, one could not say that BJ extended that same courtesy to Susan as his stepmother. As a result, their family constantly struggled with the idea of unity. They always ended up in positions where William was torn choosing between his loyalty, between his wife and his son, BJ. It was October 31st, and this was a Sunday. Devin, Susan's eldest son, returned home from church after spending the night at his biological father's house. He wanted to unwind because church ran a little long that morning, and he didn't return home until the afternoon. So he didn't take much notice of his surroundings. He made a beeline straight to his room and decided to just indulge in video games for a few hours. However, halfway into the game, he started to realize that the house was eerily quiet for that time of day. No one was bustling with activity as they usually were. Normally, someone would be in the kitchen, watching TV, or doing laundry, and his mom was an early riser and wasn't known to sleep in. And considering it was Halloween, he kind of expected everyone to be running around with excitement, trying to get everything ready for that night. So he was obviously confused and a little concerned, so he decided to make his way to his parents' bedroom, thinking that he'd wake him up, make sure everything's okay. 
When Devin got up to investigate, he headed downstairs in the direction of his mom and stepdad's bedroom and was alarmed to see they were still sleeping. They were laying in bed with their maroon comforter pulled over their heads and his mom's foot was sticking out of the bottom of the blanket. It crossed his mind that they could have been sick and gone back to bed and they had thrown a Halloween party the night before so maybe they were feeling a little under the weather. Devin approached his mom's side of the bed first. He tapped her leg and began speaking to her in hopes of waking Susan. And this is when he started to notice that her pillow was saturated in something that appeared to be blood. Devin wasn't sure what he was really seeing. Was this all part of the party the night before? Was this an elaborate prank that was being played on him? He really just didn't know. You don't know when you're confronted with that kind of information. So Devin's panic started mounting as he went to his mother's side of the bed and shook her, and he didn't get a response. He pulled the blanket off of her and William. Devin said that the last thing he remembered was all the blood, before he screamed and cried and processed what he was actually seeing. Upon this discovery, Devin fled the house and quickly called his aunt Lori Morse. You see, on Halloween morning, Susan's sister-in-law Lori Morse grew concerned when Derek, who is Devin's brother, didn't show up for work to do some work for her husband. So she called Derek and Susan repeatedly, but all of those calls went unanswered. So she reached out to Devin, but he spent the night at his father's house and had a church concert on Sunday morning and went straight home and started playing video games. So the time just got away from him. Her worst nightmare came true when a terrified and hysterical Devin contacted his aunt Lori and she immediately called 911 and headed over to the Liskey home. When police arrived and went to the crime scene, the discovery was grisly. Upon observation, it was revealed that William had been shot in the head five times. It was discovered that Susan was SA'd before she was shot in the head three times at very close range. And then the police set out to Derek's room, Devin's brother. Now, Devin had completely forgotten to check on his brother in his flurry of anguish. The police broke down the door because it had been locked, and they found Derek curled up on his bed, dead. He had died from blunt force trauma to the head. Investigators had a theory about why two different murder weapons were used, a blunt object and a gun, because the parents, Susan and William, were shot, and Derek died from blunt force trauma to the head. They believed Derek was killed first, and the deadly blows by what they suspected was a hammer wouldn't wake up Bill and Susan while they were sleeping. There were no signs of forced entry or robbery, and there weren't any shell casings found at the scene. The killer took the time to pick them up to cover his tracks. But they did find a claw hammer with Derek's blood on it, and they found some muddy footsteps near the family's deck. So, who would slaughter three family members? Who could possibly do this? Someone who knew the Liskies? A stranger or a cult member stirred up by Halloween? Although Devin could have easily been a suspect, the neighbors heard what they claimed to be gunshots around 6 a.m., which is when Devin was with his biological father. 
Devin's background didn't show any red flags uh, about somebody being capable of doing something like this, so Devin was cleared pretty quickly from the investigation. However, there was one family member that did raise alarms, and that was Devin's stepbrother, BJ Liskey. See, when they started looking into BJ's history, the red flags started flying. See, BJ had quite the extensive criminal record. BJ was described as a troubled person who was dealing with mental illness. And just as a quick disclaimer, and this is in my own anecdotal experience, but I do not believe that mental illness disqualifies you from any wrongdoing. I do believe it provides some context into your decisions. But as someone who is affected by several mental health conditions, a specifically major depressive disorder and panic disorder, I will fullheartedly admit it makes life a lot more difficult. However, I do not believe that it excuses you from any sort of illegal activity or harm to others. So I just wanted to put that out there really quick. But enough about me, and let's get back to our story. BJ Liskey had a history of turning combative and violent, and drinking alcohol would exacerbate these behaviors. Devin Liskey described BJ Liskey's typical personality as slow, dark, and gloomy, and that they had a strained relationship as brothers, and that BJ never quite found his footing in his new blended family. The investigators concentrated their efforts on finding BJ, whose relationship with his stepmom, Susan, was alarmingly strained, which could have been motive for the murders. There were many witnesses that told investigators that there was a long simmering tension between BJ and Susan ever since she married his father, and over time, those arguments turned physical. Here are just a few examples of BJ Liskey's troubling behavior. In 2002, BJ threatened to harm himself after a fight with his father, William. In 2004, after an argument with his stepmother, Susan, he punched her in the chest. And then just two months after that incident, he had hit Susan with a coffee mug before he ran away with her car keys. Not long after that, he attacked his stepmother Susan in the shower, and the reason BJ gave to excuse all of those is that he didn't like the authority that his stepmother Susan tried to exert over the household. However, after every act of aggression, BJ was either hauled away by the cops or by his father, and things had gotten so out of hand that BJ wasn't allowed to live in his father's house anymore. The police were fairly sure that B.J. Liskey was responsible for the horrible murders of the Liskey family. So Devin said that B.J. was in the driveway at his house when he arrived there before his church concert. He told B.J., who appeared to be loading something into his dad's truck, that he'd be back shortly. Police tracked down B.J. at a family hunting cabin in Carroll County, Ohio. The cabin and surrounding property were searched for possible murder weapons as well. The police were looking for two possible murder weapons, a blunt force object and a gun, because those were the two weapons used on the Liskey family. And critical evidence, including blood and a 22 caliber rifle, were found in the white truck that Devin spotted 
BJ loading that morning. And investigators searching the Liskey home found a bloody hammer in the closet. BJ Liskey was charged with murder. Evidence confirmed that DNA from BJ's father, stepmother, and stepbrother were on his clothing. Now, because of BJ Liskey's history of mental illness, his attorneys tried to argue that he was not guilty by reason of insanity, but considering his violent behavior, they were unsuccessful in that pursuit. In fact, in an overheard jail phone conversation uh, between BJ Liskey and his mother, his biological mother, that is, she asked him about the crime. She said, BJ, how could you? And he said, I wasn't in my right mind. And then all of a sudden he says, Mom, I can't talk about this anymore. And after that phone call, BJ Liskey changed his plea to guilty. BJ Liskey used a gun to shoot his father and his stepmother while they were sleeping multiple times. And he even essayed his stepmother before she passed away. And he bludgeoned his stepbrother to death while he slept. And BJ Liskey rightfully received three life sentences without the possibility of parole. However, in 2015, BJ Liskey unalived himself. I cannot find an exact cause of death. Um, the best I can find is that it is from a self-inflicted wound. The story of the Liskey family is absolutely heartbreaking. This is an entire family that is gone forever, and it's made so much more complicated by the fact that BJ Liskey had such an extensive history with mental illness. Mental illness is incredibly complicated and requires long-term treatment. It seems like he had been struggling for a really long time, and it was getting out of control. Could things have been different with the Liskey family had he gotten a special kind of help? We'll really never know, because we can't turn back time. All we can do is learn from this story, and not let the Liskey family's deaths be in vain. And that is the story of the Liskey family murders. Thank you for tuning into this week's story. I appreciate you taking the time to be here so much. If you or a loved one are struggling with your mental health, I provided some resources in the caption below. If you enjoyed the show, uh, please hit the like button and subscribe if you'd like to hear more stories. It helps out the channel tremendously. And if you're feeling extra generous, leave a review. It's like my own version of a true crime confession. If you'd like to support the channel more, please consider joining my Patreon, um, which is all in the description. If you have a case you'd like me to cover, I love hearing suggestions, please slide into my DMs or email me at rayreview2 at gmail.com. And be sure to follow my journey on Instagram or TikTok, where I love to hear from you. Until our next rendezvous in the world of crime, stay curious and stay safe. Keep your doors locked, keep your headphones on, and be good. Goodbye for now. <laughs>